Welcome inside another episode of A Call Away. I'm Adam Giardino, broadcaster for the Scranton-Wilkes-Barre Rail Riders, AAA affiliate of the New York Yankees. And it's time for another episode where we dive into the week that was in the Yankees minor league system with an extra special focus on the top level of the system here in AAA. Rail Riders were on the road last week taking on the IL South Division, three games down in Norfolk, Virginia, three games in Durham, North Carolina against the Norfolk Tides and the Durham Bulls. And now they circle on back, circle the wagons with homestand beginning tonight as we record this here at PNC Field in Music. On this episode, we've got a lot to get to. We've got the highlights from the past week, which include a Giancarlo Stanton rehab homer from last Friday night. We've got a sit-down with Josh Rogers, former New York Yankee farmhand. He was part of the Zach Britton deal last year at the trade deadline. We've also had a chance to chat with Danny Farquhar, who was added to the Rail Riders roster last week. He's made a couple of appearances already, and as many Yankees and more than that, many baseball fans know, Farquhar sustained a brain aneurysm, nearly cost him his life, and improbably, just over a year later since that, he's back pitching in competitive game action again, and so he's been a really exciting addition to the clubhouse for Scranton Wilkes-Barre and then the big interview Aaron Judge on rehab with the Rail Riders he's gotten three games under his belt it was a big to-do last weekend in Durham where between Giancarlo Stanton and Aaron Judge you had all sorts of power in the Rail Riders lineup and we got five good minutes with Aaron this past week Adam Marco had a chance to sit down with him so let's get into the highlights and for Scranton Wilkes-Barre last week It began on Tuesday in Norfolk after a stretch of 22 games in 20 days. The team had a day off Monday. They traveled down to Virginia, and then Tuesday they take on the Tides. The Rail Riders got a run in the first inning on a bases-loaded walk for Tyler Wade. And two innings later, Mike Talkman is aboard for Kyle Higashioka. Here's a high fly towards right field. Speaking of crush, Kyle Higashioka, this is gone. Puts it off the video board in right center field. Ninth home run of the season for Higgy. Chases this one the opposite way. And Scranton Wilkesbury adds two more. That was all part of a series opening 4-1 victory for the Rail Riders. And so we jump into Wednesday's game, which was a bit closer. It featured a first inning home run for Mike Ford. Three runs in the first, but Norfolk, they got right back at it in the third inning to tie it with three of their own. So the Rail Riders tied at three, jumping into the fourth inning. They were able to take a lead and not look back thanks to this swing from Tyler Wade. Here's a high fly off the bat of Tyler Wade. This sends Hayes back to the wall, and it's gone. Tyler Wade just underneath the video board, and the Rail Riders are back in front, 5-3 here in the fourth inning. For the Rail Riders, that was home run number 100 on the season, and they did it in almost 30 fewer games than last year's team and getting to the 100 mark. We've talked about the baseballs and we've talked about how much the power numbers are up this year from last year. Well, look no further than that. Home run number 100 came on June 12th, a month ahead of last year's pace. So the Rail Riders with two in the fourth, a run in the fifth, a run in the sixth. They led 7-3. They hung on for dear life in a 7-6 victory. They took the first two from the Tides, but then the next day, Thursday, Norfolk got him back. Jace Peterson, three-run home run in the fourth inning. 
was most of the offense for Norfolk as they won 4-3 despite seven strong innings from Brody Kerner. The Rail Riders starter allowed four hits, two earned runs, but he picked up the tough luck loss, his first loss of the year. So the team then jumped down to Durham, North Carolina, and that's where the excitement began. All of the buildup, all of the pomp and circumstance, top two batters in the lineup, Aaron Judge, Giancarlo Stanton. Well, we'll tell you that Durham led 16-3 to in the fourth inning. Not great, but the three runs were three exciting runs on one swing from the rehabber Giancarlo Stanton. Two balls, two strikes. The pitch to Stanton. High fly towards left field. And this is absolutely destroyed. Giancarlo Stanton, home run. Rail Riders down eight to three. Lands it on an awning of Tobacco Road. Towering blast to left field over top of the Blue Monster. 8-3 game on one big swing. That made it 8-3, again 16-3 in the fourth inning, and 16-3 was the final on Friday. Saturday, Rail Riders were shut out in a nine-inning game for the first time this season. They lost 2-0, held to a season-low two hits. Again, spoiling a really good start from Raynell Espinal, where he went six innings, nine strikeouts, and one run it was earned despite picking up the loss. So then Sunday rolls around, and the Rail Riders looking to avoid a sweep in the hand of the Durham Bulls, and it was offense-laden, 4-2 lead for the Rail Riders into the eighth inning, and it felt relatively comfortable. But Eric Kratz, who already homered earlier in the game, he wanted to make it even more comfortable. Runner goes, Kratz strokes one to right field, McCarthy going back, and this is gone! A two-homer game for Eric Kratz. Four runs batted in for the backstop, and the Rail Riders extend that advantage. It's 7-2 here in the eighth inning. So that big swing gave the Rail Riders a 7-2 lead. 7-3 the final with J.P. Fireisen out of the bullpen, picking up his fifth win of the season. He's 5-0 out of the bullpen. Joe Harvey with the final four outs, three of them strikeouts, picked up his fifth save of the year. One of the guys that we didn't hear much from in those highlights, Aaron Judge. He went 1-for-12 in the series against the Durham Bulls, his first three games back in live action since sustaining the oblique injury. So for Judge, he got back in the lineup, got back into game action, and we were able to catch up with him after his first game on Friday. Saturday afternoon, Adam Marco had a chance to meet up with Judge and, plain and simple, began the conversation by asking him, how is he feeling after his first game back? No, it feels good to be back. You know, it's uh, been a long time coming, you know, sitting out a lot of games. And, you know, the big boys, you know, up in the big club, they've been they've been doing their job up there and winning games and keeping us in first. And, you know, all that's been fun to watch, but I can't wait to get back on the field and get out there battling with them again. You were a little dinged up last year, so it's something you've been through before. Does it make that process more difficult or easier because you've gone through it? You know, last year getting hit by a pitch and having to miss two months is never fun. You know, that one's always tough because there's nothing you can really do about it. But, uh, you know, going through it now a second time and, you know, missing some significant time, is, it's been tough. But, you know, it's, what's made it easier is, you know, seeing the guys, like I said earlier, you know, getting an opportunity to play at the big league level and produce and do well. And there's, there's nothing more you'd, you'd rather see. You know, I've been battling with a lot of those guys in the minor leagues coming up and for them to get their shot and to produce at the highest level. There's, there's nothing better than that. And, you know, um, I just can't wait to get back with the team and, you know, just continue this journey. 
talking with Aaron Judge with the Rail Riders on a rehab assignment. I know the Yankees want you back when you're healthy, when you're ready, and you want to be there as quickly as possible. Are we seven innings? Are we to a full nine yet? We're seeing you as the DH tonight, or is it still a work in progress? Yeah, we, we did nine at the DH last night, and uh, you know, probably shoot for probably another nine again tonight. We'll see how it goes, and then hopefully get a chance to play the field on Sunday, and then I don't know if I'm going back to New York or where we're going after that, we'll figure it out once this weekend's over with. But we're just going to try to focus on today, get a, some, a couple quality at-bats in tonight, and and uh, hopefully get the Rail Riders a win. Yesterday was a little difficult, 16-3 the final. One thing I noticed during batting practice, it happened again today. You know, they're opening the gates, they're letting everybody in to watch you and Giancarlo hit. A standing ovation, a cheering section after BP ended. Can you think of another time in a minor league game where you were around where you saw like an ovation like that? Like it just kind of it caught me. Yeah, anytime you're hitting in Stanton's group, man, you're usually <laughs> going to get a, a big standing ovation for the balls he's hitting, you know. So I've, I've been around that, you know, quite a bit now, a couple of years, and it's it's fun to be a part of. You know, the fans come, love coming out and, and seeing that if it's in Yankee Stadium, Visiting Park, or, you know, even here in Scranton or, or in AAA, wherever. And it's, uh, now the fans are great, man. They just love, love seeing a show and uh, love seeing a little power display. We got a lot of guys in that group that I was just hitting in, you know, McBroom and Lomo that we got, man. All of them are putting on a show. So it's uh, it's, it's been fun down here. Pretty potent lineup tonight. Brendan McKay is going for the Durham Bulls, one of the two-way players. You know, Jake Cronenworth gets the start. I've heard that Cronenworth could be a good matchup for you and Giancarlo. Do you do much scouting when you're on this rehab assignment, or is it very much, this is my bat, this is what I need to do? Yeah, you just take a, you watch some video on the, on the starter and some of the relievers, you know, so you have an idea getting in the box what their ball's going to do and what they try to do. But for the most part, it's just about, you know, working counts, seeing pitches, getting your swing off, and and kind of going from there, you know, the results might not be what you want, you know, at times, but just as long as you're getting the reps in and getting the work in, you know, that's, that's all you're really trying to do down here. Finally for you, Aaron, I read that, was it Rich Aurelia was your favorite player growing up? How did you fall for a, a shortstop, a guy, an infielder where that's not now your game, but maybe it was then, you know, how did you get into following Rich Aurelia's career? Growing up in California, I was, I was a big San Francisco Giants fan, so watching Jeff Kent, you know, Rich Aurelia, Barry Bonds, you know, JT Snow were some of my favorite guys, and and at the time, I was in Little League, and I played shortstop, so, you know, so there I wore 35. as was my dad's favorite number, you know, my favorite number. And, you know, he, he wore 35. He played shortstop. I, I wore 35, played shortstop. So I kind of, you know, I had this whole batting stance down two, down in crouch. It was uh, just something I liked to do. He's a fun guy. I like watching play. He was always getting dirty, always hustling. And, just, yeah, just a guy I like to watch play. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Welcome back inside a call away. Adam Giardino with you, and it's the return of the voice of the Rail Riders, Adam Marco. Last week, we didn't have you on the episode. You went down solo to Norfolk and then down to Durham. You're back. You're in one piece, and you got to see at least three pretty, what should have been three exciting days worth of baseball with a couple of big league sluggers in the lineup down there. It was an interesting couple of days, to say the least. The... Durham Bulls Athletic Park is a beautiful facility, and they packed it each night. By the end of the weekend, the Rail Riders had posted in that series with Durham the most attended game 
in Durham Bulls Athletic Park history on Saturday, 12,000. The first time in 20-something years that they've announced a complete sellout. The fourth most watched game, which was Sunday, and then the 11th most watched game, which was 10th when it happened on Friday night. 35,000 plus in attendance to watch the Durham Bulls, but I think mostly to watch Aaron Judge and Giancarlo Stanton. And the most amazing part of it, they let people in for batting practice. There was a standing ovation at the end of BP for those who weren't already standing trying to get a ball or an autograph. But no matter what Aaron Judge and Giancarlo Stanton did, fans cheered. They cheered when they walked to the plate. They cheered if Cole Salser struck somebody out. They cheered when Aaron Judge singled off the wall if he grounded out no matter what it was it's like yay we're cheering for it (laughs) it was the most fascinating thing i get ooing and aahing and wowing over the stanton home run absolutely but no matter what happened they were the fans were so engaged with the game they were just cheering that they were getting to witness some little facet of baseball history in this storyline that played out in durham it, and it was really interesting, as we heard in the interview with Aaron Judge, how he poo-pooed it a little bit and said, yeah, anytime you're in Giancarlo Stanton's batting group during BP, you're going to get those sort of uh, that sort of attention and intentionally underselling, I think, his role in all of this. But it was did, – did you, did you see fans gravitating towards one guy over the other? I saw Judge gravitating more to the fans than Giancarlo Stanton did. And it might be a nature of the personalities of the two, but uh, Aaron was signing autographs, and Stanton very well could have, and it just something that didn't quite catch my attention. Both interacted quite well with the mascot, Wooly Bull. That got some social media attention. I thought that was pretty fun. It was a just a fun weekend. It was as big league a lineup as the Rail Riders could ever possibly put out there, and that's saying volumes for a team that's had guys like Logan Morrison and Brad Miller on the lineup card for Jay Bell this season, plus Tyler Wade and Eric Kratz and Mike Ford, et cetera, et cetera. It was, it was a fun weekend. For the two guys, Giancarlo Stanton, as we record this, is set to get back to the Yankees, hasn't officially made that roster move yet to put him on there. But what did you see from him over those three games, one for 12 with a home run? But what was your general takeaway? I think both, quite honestly, need a little time in the field before you would say they are absolutely ready for day-to-day duty in the big leagues. But because of the moves the Yankees have made, you know they have the flexibility that they don't necessarily have to run them out there in the field, nine innings each and every game. And maybe the Edwin Encarnacion move clouds that a little bit, but I still think you have the possibility with Cameron Mabin up on the big league roster still and Brett Gardner that you can rotate these guys through the outfield and they'll get their reps in. There's not a whole lot more that Stanton needed to accomplish at the minor league side on a rehab appearance. I mean, it was his whole left side. It was the left bicep, then the left shoulder, then the left calf when he was trying to come back from the first two injuries. So it was, I think everything looked good. Judge, I think the timing is still a little bit off at the plate. But from Stanton's purposes, I understand the Yankees' desire to get him back in the lineup. I think it'll be curious to see how the team plays at the big league level that has been so good for the last two months without these two bats in their lineup, but also without the strikeouts that Stanton and Judge will ultimately bring to the table 
how they counteract that and how it affects any kind of on-field chemistry. You want these boppers back. You count on them. It's an all-star lineup. I think Stanton is certainly ready to go, and Judge is, as everybody anticipates, not that far behind. Judge begins the continuation of this rehab here in Scranton with three games. We presume at least three more games beginning tonight as we record this. It's a a three-game series against the Norfolk Tides as those two IL South opponents now flip-flop, and they head up here for the next week. You mentioned Stanton and Judge are almost back and a little further away, but soon to be back for Judge. Um, That means a trickle-down effect will need to take place. We've already seen Mike Talkman get sent back down to AAA, and for the first time this season, we're going to see Clint Frazier in a Rail Riders uniform, and I think might not love the demotion. I think he handled it well on the media side of things, but I think Clint Frazier is somebody that the way the season has gone for him, this is going to be a, a particularly tough pill to swallow. I think so. What, 283 average, 11 home runs. He's played extremely well at the big league level. We talked about this on the air a couple of times. It's a little bit akin to last year's move for Ronald Torres, where it's how do you send out a guy who's one of your best hitters this season? Frazier might have things to work on. He might not. I, it's a matter of perspective, I think. It'll be curious to see how he plays when he comes down here, if he just tears the cover off the ball, because he was a key player for this team. In the very brief, what, 40-something games he played for the Rail Riders last year, he put together amazing numbers in that time span and whether it's proving to the Yankees that he deserves to stay at the big league level or if it's proving to another team that they should acquire him because I think a lot of clubs are now thinking what would it take it'll be very interesting but Frazier is much like Tyro Estrada this year deserving of that big league spot absolutely does he need to play every day probably so Estrada maybe more than Frazier, and the two aren't that far apart age-wise. They aren't that far far apart when it comes to experience. Clint obviously has a couple of years of big league experience. I think it'll be curious to see how he reacts to this trip to Scranton-Wilkes-Barre, and I hope for our sake he is mad and he takes it out on a baseball <laughs> because it's only going to help Scranton-Wilkes-Barre win, and it will help Frazier I think any of these guys, when they come back, as much as it's difficult with that initial telling of when they're going to come back, that initial conversation, you have to come back here with an attitude like, I don't deserve to be in Scranton-Wilkes-Barre, and here's how I'm going to show it to you, by hitting 400 with 10 home runs over a 30-game stretch. Right, and there's so much the mantra, and I think especially with Clint Frazier and the way that the Yankees are rather publicly talking about going after a starting pitcher in some capacity, the way that starting pitching has shaken out for them this year, that they'll be active in that trade market. And Brian Cashman has indicated as much. And, you know, you hear scouts oftentimes, and I think players are starting to get the mentality of, hey, I'm auditioning for my team, and I'm also auditioning for 29 other big league teams as well. And it's staying in play for this club for the Yankees because there are 20 guys that have been on the injured list who's to say that a day from now something doesn't happen and somebody else goes down and Frazier has that chance to go right back he was supposed to be with the rail riders at the beginning of the season and it was the judge and Stanton injuries or the Stanton then judge injuries that got him there and kept him there so 
you never know what the next 24 hours could present. For the rail riders, as we take a look at a couple of rehabbers and a guy that has not yet played in a game for Scranton Wilkesbury, we'll wrap up broadcast banter here with the voice of the rail riders, Adam Marco, and dive in with the newest catcher and an injury in many ways helped expedite this process, but a rail rider from last year and Eric Kratz is back with Scranton Wilkesbury. And I know you've had a chance to sit down and chat with Kratz already. Um, and he's a guy that was a, a big, big part in getting Sunday's victory with a couple of homers. He was his first hit with the rail riders this time through was a home run. And then he added a three run blast late in the game where it looked like Durham, who has an extremely potent offense and plays in a great ballpark when it comes to how their offense plays. Kratz, uh, the first one, he didn't know it was a home run. And it was hilarious to me because it hit off the top of the wall and he thought, well, it came back into play, but it hit the wall, bounced in and out of the seats, and he wasn't sure if it was a double or what. He started to cut, or maybe he thought it, thought was, it caught, was caught, right? He started to cut across the infield grass thinking, oh, it was caught. It was a great catch by Joe McCarthy, the Scranton native. That's what it was. A lot of baseball in the last couple of days. <laughs> we'll forgive you. He thought it was caught, and he was like, oh, you know, just running. They had to tell him to go touch second base, and it was a fun moment. Eric is such a great, consummate professional. Just celebrated his 39th birthday, and as a catcher, no less, the experience he has, the experience he brings to this team, I think it's extremely helpful for Jay Bell and Doug Davis, the bullpen coach, and Kyle Higashioka, and even Ryan LaVarnway to have this experience come in. It'll be interesting to see what happens when LaVarnway gets healthy, how quickly he gets healthy, what kind of decisions are made. But a Telford, PA native, Kratz is setting roots in this area down in Telford. He's buying a new home there. So it'll be exciting for us, I think, even for the interim to see him every couple of days. Uh, Adam Marco, we get to see you every week here on the podcast. Thank you so much for joining us again this week. Almost every week. Almost. Right. When I'm not golfing and eating oysters in Norfolk. <laughs> so 12 episodes, you've been on 11 of 12. If you're over 90%, I'll say it's every week. That's like better than Hall of Fame caliber. I'll take it. That's right. All you need is a 300 average. You're batting over 900. Coming up next, we've got an interview that... Adam was able to grab down in Norfolk earlier this week with right-hander Danny Farquhar. I think when he was signed and added by the New York Yankees this offseason, there's so much more to the story with suffering the brain aneurysm for the right-hander last season when he was with the Chicago White Sox. It really grabbed a more national stage, a national story to prominence. And, of course, his, his comeback last year, which included throwing out a first pitch for the White Sox, just surviving the incident. And... Uh, for Farquhar, coming back and just being able to pitch in a game now has really, I think, changed his perspective, as oftentimes you hear with people under those sort of circumstances, just changed his uh, outlook on life. And I think, as we jump right into this, that immediately when you when you hear him talk, you'll, you'll immediately grab the bounciness in his voice that he's just so appreciative for everything that's going on for him here in 2019. So a couple of appearances under the belt this season already for Farquhar, and that's where we jump right in asking him kind of where he stands on things as he makes his comeback from that scary, life-threatening, life-changing brain aneurysm. It's been an absolute joy just getting to the field and 
putting on the spikes and being able to play baseball and even more so now getting out of Florida and, and joining a baseball team where you know you're, you're, you're in competition you're playing to try to get to the playoffs and uh, there's an end goal in sight I'm just happy to be part of it. From that first time you picked up a baseball after the surgery after you were recovered to now how has that process gone were there setbacks were there points where you're worried about anything or are you just able to go back to that mentality prior to? So it, it took me a while to build up my strength across the board, legs, upper body, arm strength. And then I felt like I was ready to go in spring training. And, you know, once once we really sat down and looked at it, like a lot of my mechanics had changed from what I had been doing in the past. So that was, that was something that I had to do. And I think I have it fixed. That's why they, they sent me here to AAA. They think I'm ready to go and, and face higher competition. So I feel like I'm ready to go now. As a dominant self, what is the book on you at your bet? My best, I have a good changeup, a good breaking ball, and a good fastball. You know, I throw for strikes and um, like to strike batters out. Spent this time up until now down in extended spring training, which is a very different regimen, a very different routine than what you see at any other level of baseball. How much of a change was it for you to go back to that from triple-A or major league mentality of the night games to the schedule that you've got at extended spring training, how far did that have to throw you back? So, I mean, honestly, the, the extended spring training schedule was, is very similar to an off-season schedule. Um, you go in, you get your throwing work in, you, you go into the gym, you lift, you work out, you run, you know, and, and then you head home. So it's, it's very similar to an off-season. It's, it's nothing like, like a baseball season. You know, we get here around 2 and, you know, we come out, we throw, we run, and then we go inside, we hang out for a little bit, and then we come out for batting practice, and then, you know, we go inside, have a little bite to eat, and then go watch nine innings of baseball. It's a completely different life, and um, I'm happy to get back to this one. Finally for you, as you make your way through 2019, goals are a very tangible thing, intangible in some cases, I think, depending on what you're setting for yourself what do you want to see this year finish off for you? And I realize you're just getting started. I'm not trying to put everything ahead of it, but what makes this a successful season to go these next three, four, five months of baseball? I would say just being in the strike zone, getting hitters out, giving myself an opportunity to get to the big leagues. Um, I don't want to be you know, pitching bad here and not have that opportunity. I'd like to be successful, and if I do get up, awesome. If I don't, I just want to give myself that opportunity where I am getting looked at. As you leave extended, do the Yankees give you any guidance about here's what we want to see from you to put you on that big league radar? No, they haven't given me any any anything, but you know, it's I guess it's baseball's one of those things where crazy things happen, you know, and you just you never know what team you're gonna be on, where you're gonna be playing, you just gotta be ready to go every day. Adam Giardino with you back inside a call away. We just heard from Danny Farquhar, and we're going to get you a bonus interview with a man across enemy lines, though he's a familiar friend for Rail Riders fans and for New York Yankee fans. Josh Rogers was a guy who made some noise last year here in AAA. He was excellent, really on the fringe of being an International League All-Star at the midway point of the year, and garnered so much attention that he was 
part of the trade that brought Zach Britton over from the Baltimore Orioles at the trade deadline last season. And of the many things we talked to Josh about, it includes his fondness for his time with the New York Yankees, what he still remembers about the Yankees system and and how it shaped him into the pitcher that he is today. But we begin by talking to Josh about his current team, the Norfolk Tides. It's a team that the Rail Riders don't get to see a whole lot. In fact, they see him just six times, six games over a two-week span, and that's it for the year. But it's a team that carries a lot of Baltimore Oriole prospects. So across enemy lines, but staying in the American League East, that's where we begin with the scouting report from Josh on this year's Norfolk Tides team. It's a good group of guys, man. We've, uh, you know, we're doing a really good job hitting the ball and putting runs up on the board. Uh, I think it's kind of been all throughout the International League, but, uh, you know, we've been scoring a lot of runs. I think we could do a little bit better as a whole, you know, uh, on the mound probably, but uh, it's starting to come around. We're starting to throw the ball better, and, uh, you know, we're giving, uh, giving good good starts, and uh, our bullpen's been pretty solid all year, so... Uh, you know, we, we, we hit, we run, and uh, it's, it's a good team. It's a, it's a fun team to be a part of. Got a potential IL All-Star and Ryan Mountcastle at first base. Tell me a little bit about what you've seen out of him this year. He's one of the most raw, like, just hitters I've, I've probably ever played with. I mean, I think he's like 21, 22 years old, so he's a really young high school kid. Uh, but, man, he's super, super talented. Uh, the way His hand-eye coordination is unbelievable. He's, you know, he's an aggressive hitter, as everybody kind of knows. Um, but man, he can really do some damage with with some pitches in the zone. So, uh, you know, I think he has a few things he needs to work on before he's really, you know, ready. Um, I mean, I'm not gotta you know promote him or not promote him and to make that call. But I mean, that's why everybody's here. We all have stuff to work on. So, but he's a uh, but definitely you know at the plate he's a super advanced and, and skilled player and uh, he's definitely fun to have in your lineup. Talking with Josh Rogers. Tell me a little bit about your season so far. The numbers are not where you want them to be with that last start, best one of the year. How has this development come along in 2019? Yeah, it's been a really rough, rough, rough start for me. Uh, I think uh, I wouldn't say the ball's the problem, but it's definitely been an adjustment. You know, getting fly balls has kind of been my thing since I've, I've you know been a pitcher. So just trying to learn how to get ground balls and how to pitch deeper into games is uh, is something I've been trying to work on. So. Um, it's it's definitely been an adjustment, and uh, hopefully I can continue to just kind of build off my last couple. So uh, just kind of turn the corner and get back to the big leagues as soon as possible. Tell me about your first big league call-up. What was that experience like for you to go up to the bigs last year with the Baltimore Orioles? Yeah, it was awesome. Uh, it was, you know, when I got traded, obviously it was, uh, it was mixed emotions, but I knew, you know, the opportunity was here and uh, was super excited. I hit the ground running. I think I, you know, made five or six starts here in Norfolk and pitched really well. Uh, so to get it, to get to go up there was super exciting and try to get my feet wet, you know, there towards the end of August and through the month of September. So it was a lot of fun to, to be a part of that. And, and uh, like I said, just working every day to get back up there. Yeah, I'm fairly certain there were seven shutout innings against the Rail Riders last year, something along those lines to help get you to the big league level with Baltimore. Finish up with me, Josh. Trade deadline last year, you and Cody Carroll and Dylan Tate come over to the Orioles. And then during the offseason, one of your partners in crime with Scranton Wilkesbury and Justice Sheffield was shipped out to the West Coast. Do you keep in touch with Justice? What's that relationship like now? You know, separated by miles and miles across this country. Yeah, that was my dog, man. I mean, uh, actually, first of all, it was seven and a third innings <laughs> against uh, Scranton last year. Shout out. Me and Swanson had a good one going that day. So uh, Swanson and, and Chef both getting shipped out to Seattle. It was 
you know, uh, me and Justice were, you know, that's like my best friend. So we definitely keep in touch all the time. Uh, he actually FaceTimed me two nights ago. So we talk weekly, and, uh, you know, he's not having the best year either right now. So just kind of we're both kind of going through the same types of things. I think uh, getting out of the Yankees organization was an adjustment for both of us, having being so comfortable there with, you know, the guys and the team, the staff and everything like that. So it's definitely been an adjustment, you know, going to new spring training places and, you know, not knowing anybody really. So. I don't think that's a problem for either one of us, you know, meeting people and talking to people, sure. but uh, definitely just, you know, being comfortable on the mound and, and that kind of thing. So we've been, we've been, we've both been struggling, but we, we keep in touch a lot. Uh, he's gotten called up this year, I think once or twice. He might be on his on the plane right now. I think he got called up today. So I saw his Instagram earlier, so I'm going to have to give him a shout. So, uh, but he's awesome, man. I, I miss him and uh, I miss you guys as well. Big thanks to Josh for giving us a few minutes earlier this week, and we'll transition into the final segment every week, which is a look around the Yankees minor league system. We've got reports this week from single A Charleston with Matt Dean. We skip over high A Tampa this week. Nick Flamia gets the week off. It was the all-star break for the Tampa Tarpons. And so Nick, I'm sure, is spending some time with his feet up on a beach somewhere down in Tampa. John Moses in double A with the Trenton Thunders up after that. And we wrap it with Adam Marco, our very own Adam Marco, with his report from here in Scranton. Without further ado, Matt, all yours. With this look at the Charleston River Dogs, I'm Matt Dean. The Dogs have gone 2-5 and five in the last week, letting their first place position slip heading into Sunday's first half finale. The River Dogs will have five of their own participating in the All-Star Game on Tuesday night in West Virginia, and it was announced this week that two River Dogs will take part in the South Atlantic League Home Run Derby preceding Tuesday night's Midsummer Classic. Left fielder Kanan Smith has turned on his power stroke lately, blasting four home runs since the start of June, including his first career multi-homer game Thursday night. With an all-star game itself set to begin immediately following the Derby Tuesday night, Smith says he's going all-in on winning the Derby before starting the game in left field. No, I'm going all-out in the home run derby. I'm trying to win. I'm trying to win. I'm trying to, you know, represent the River Dogs well. And when the game starts, I'll probably calm it down, you know, relax a little bit, hopefully just get some base hits to left field or maybe get some walks, you know, just but home run derby going all-out. Smith will be joined by his teammate Brandon Lockridge, who's had a career season, especially in the power department already, leading Charleston with 10 home runs, all from the leadoff spot after never hitting more than six in a single season in three years in college. And while Smith wants to see a Riverdog come away with a derby crown, he didn't hold back in his thoughts on who he thinks would come out on top in an all-Riverdogs final. I love you, Brandon. You're a great friend, but I'm taking it. And when I do, I might rub it in your face. With this look at the River Dogs, I'm Matt Dean. With the Trenton Thunder, I'm John Moses. This week, the Thunder have done a lot of scoreboard watching as the first half of the season is slated to wrap up on Tuesday night. Entering play on Sunday, the Thunder are tied for first with Redding and a half game up on Hartford. Catcher Kellen Deglin has noted a hyper-focus on the push for the postseason for the Thunder. We all have a great opportunity in front of us. We all see it. We all look. We've been... We've been checking box scores on Reading and Hartford. We, we know what's at stake, and we all want it. We all want to clinch. We all want to make it to the playoffs. It's just a matter of going out there and beating Bowie. Uh, they're playing good baseball right now. Wednesday night in Binghamton, the Thunder got another terrific start from right-hander Albert Abreu, where he allowed just four base runners over six innings, a start that really grabbed Deglin's attention. Early on when I got here in... Um, at the end of April, he looked like he was, you know, maybe trying to be a little too fine with his command, but now it looks like he's just 
saying here's here's my upper 90s fastball try and hit it and he's just challenging guys um, he's throwing more strikes and his off speed's good too I mean he, he can throw his change up anytime his breaking balls curveball's been good and his slider's come a long way his slider's actually turning into a really good pitch as well so it's good to see that he's uh, he's been stringing together a few good starts and hopefully we can continue that with the Trenton Thunder I'm John Moses with this look at the Rail Riders, I'm Adam Marco. On Friday, the center of minor league baseball's attention might have shifted to Durham. The Rail Riders, the reason. The New York Yankees shifted the rehab assignment of Giancarlo Stanton from Tampa to Scranton Wilkesbury and added Aaron Judge on a rehab assignment. His first game since April 20th, Judge went 0 for 4 Friday and 0 for 4 Saturday. Stanton is 1 for 7 so far, and the 1 was a massive hit. Two balls, two strikes. The pitch to Stanton. High fly towards left field. And this is absolutely destroyed. Giancarlo Stanton. Home run. Rail Riders down eight to three. While Stanton may be ready to join the Yankees on Monday or Tuesday, Judge might need a little extra time. No, it feels good to be back. You know, it's uh, been a long time coming. You know, sitting out a lot of games and you know, the big boys, you know, up in the big club, they've been they've been doing their job up there and winning games and keeping us in first. And, you know, all that's been fun to watch, but I can't wait to get back on the field and get out there battling with them again. You know, probably shoot for probably another nine again tonight. We'll see how it goes. And then hopefully get a chance to play the field uh, on Sunday. And then I don't know if I'm going back to New York or, or where we're going after that. We'll figure it out once this weekend's over with. But we're just going to try to focus on today, get a couple quality at-bats in tonight and, and uh, hopefully get the Rail Riders a win. With the Rail Riders, I'm Adam Marco. Aaron Judge continues his rehab this week with the Rail Riders at PNC Field in Scranton. If you're in the area, if you're within driving distance, come on out. It's going to be a sure fun week to watch Aaron Judge on his road back to New York. And if you can't, catch us on the Rail Riders radio network. Adam Marco and me will have all of the coverage all week long of the spectacle that will surely be Aaron Judge's return to PNC Field for the first time in a couple of years. Big thanks to our guests this week, including Aaron Judge, Danny Farquhar, and Josh Rogers. Thanks to Matt Dean and John Moses for sending in their reports. And thanks to you for making a call away part of your week. I'm Adam Giardino. Follow me on Twitter at Adam Giardino, G-I-A-R-D-I-N-O. Pre-game coverage for every Rail Riders game begins 30 minutes before first pitch. And if we don't talk to you then, we will talk to you again next week on A Call Away.